Yes, welcome to the NBA panel. Today I'm once again joined by NCAA Director of Media Coordination and Statistics, David Warlock. David, what's going on? How are you, John? I'm fine, man. Enjoying the start of the season. We had a couple upsets. I mean, the Zagas lost their own home court, 75-game home court. One street was snapped. It's it is, March Madness it, already. <laughs> it, it has been a – I mean, it, you say this every year, and sometimes you go, well, you know, there's, there's still a few teams that are head and shoulders above everyone else. And this year I'm not so sure. There's just clearly some really good teams, but there's a whole bunch of teams that are just a notch below them, and it is a, it's a total mess. Usually the you know the we talk about the bubble, and this year I think we're going to be you know talking about well, who's a two seed and who's a five. I mean, I think there's a fine line uh, the way things are the, the way things are going at least to this point. Yeah, this, this tournament is going. It's setting up to be a lot of upsets, a lot of upsets. And also, we just had Temple put down Houston, a big upset. Not a lot of people saw that coming. Yeah, and, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, any given Sunday, you know, the the, uh, the line for football, but in that case, it, it was uh, appropriate for basketball. Unfortunately for the, the Cougars, I know there's a lot of excitement in Houston with the Final Four being there, and a, a lot of their fans and alums are really hoping that they they can break through and get to the Final Four in their host city. Um, that that would be a, a sight to see, but it's, it just goes to say nothing to get in. Definitely. Yeah, I have to say, um, you guys did a phenomenal job last year at the Final Four, every, every year. That was my first year covering the Final Four last year in New Orleans. And it was a phenomenal job, phenomenal visit. I mean, everything was on par. The meeting room was more than accommodating on the hotel accommodations. You guys you guys did a phenomenal job. Well, I thank you. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work goes into it. It's a lot of planning that goes on. And we're, we're meeting with the, the host cities you know, as, as early as 18 months in, in advance of the event. And then certainly once June gets here, you know, we've, we've, we've had staff, you know, sometimes it's three people and sometimes it's, you know, 20 people. But um, going to Houston every month since June and, and we have – I just came back a few days ago from the visit there and, and uh, we're headed back there again in mid-February. Uh, and then uh, that's, that's, you know, the big meeting that – uh, what we call our operations seminar, where you know, we try to stamp everything into place and right. um, and get ready for, for what promises to be uh, another memorable event. Yes, this is a year-round process for you guys. Um, you guys are actually in Houston already with the fan jam. I loved that last year in New Orleans when I saw it. You see fans and um, everyone involved in the games all, all weekend long. And it, it is. is it is. It's an important event for us because it really, um, I mean, it helps with community engagement, and, and it's affordable. Uh, a lot of the, the ancillary events are, are low cost or even completely free, and you don't have to be uh, a basketball fan or you don't have to have tickets to the Final Four to participate in in Final Four activities. And, and whether it's the, the the Fan Jam or the Dome Dribble for the for the kids uh, or the Final Four Dribble, I should call it. Um, old habits die hard there. Uh, but the dribble for the kids, whether they all get a basketball and a shirt, and you know, registration is, is open for that for anyone in the Houston area uh, to go to the NCAA.com website. But also the music fest, or you know, we we uh, continually drawn you know major recording artists to, to perform concerts that are completely free. And, and you know, someone made the comment the other day that you know if you wanted to buy a ticket to go see. 
you know, this artist or that artist, this artist, and it would cost you hundreds of dollars. But, you know, we're, we have, you know, a few nights worth of concerts that are completely free in downtown Houston, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I love the preparation you guys do also. You're always thinking ahead. Um, other than getting um, seating venues and ticket, ticket availability weeks ago through email, which everyone has, the Son of NCAA website, um, that's a great way to keep fans involved also and they have everyone plans for the big weekend coming up. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it's for the, the basketball fans out there, being in the Final Four city, whether you have a ticket to the game or not, it's just yes. it's electric, just you know, feeling that, just being around the city. And, and uh, you know, I know that in 2011, 2016, we had the Final Four in Houston, and, and things were kind of spread out. This year promises to be much different. There's a much smaller footprint with the – the NABC convention, so all the coaches around and the team hotels are going to be downtown. All, all those ancillary events, uh, which we were just speaking, are all downtown. Right. Uh, so the venue is 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 the only thing that's that's not right in the that that downtown footprint. But there's a metro rail system, and so within minutes you can be from downtown to the stadium and not have to worry about driving or, or fighting traffic. Um, for you guys as a team, um, still when you create a great venue, as we've been talking about, for millions of fans doing. Because, you know, every year, everyone slots down, so the whole city, as we've been talking about, um, brackets are filled out. Everyone loves March Madness, the final four weekend. You know, I, I think that's what separates uh, – I'm, I'm obviously biased, but I think what separates um, college basketball fans and, and specifically March Madness – from other events is people follow it even if, if you're not not a sports fan. You know, I, I you know, all due respect to the Masters, which is a big event right after the Final Four, but I think I think golf fans are going to watch the Masters. They're going to go out of the way to make sure that they're watching as many rounds as they can, whether it's early rounds or on Sunday. But it doesn't appeal to the non-golf fans. Um, you know, football fans whether it's college or pro, people are watching, obviously, just look at the numbers. But it's those are college football fans or sports fans that are that are watching that, are watching the NFL. Same with the NBA. If you're an NBA fan or basketball fan, you're, you're going to watch. College right. basketball has the same benefit. If you're a basketball fan or a college basketball fan, you're going to watch. But the added element to college basketball is that non-sports fans pay attention because they like following the bracket and they, they like hearing about Cinderella stories and, and the upsets and they, they fill out their bracket, like I said, and they're paying attention to it even if they didn't watch any college basketball for the four and a half months or whatever le- leading up to the start of the tournament. And so I think that's what makes college basketball unique in that regard. Um, for you, how is having a zinc position? I can't call it a job because all the people have to do it's it's definitely a, a labor of love. It's something I dreamt about since I was a kid, being involved with, and you know um, when I, you know, reconnected with friends from long ago, and they find out what I'm doing for a living, they they they're just incredulous that uh, that you know I've been able to, to be fortunate enough to to live this out. Um, I love the tournament. I'm a huge sports fan all around. I love college football and the NFL and like the NHL, Major League Baseball, um, but college basketball is the one that, that really gets is the, gets my juices going, and, and I've just always been a fan. I, I 
can watch anyone play and, and you can ask my two sons and, and my wife about that because that's what I watch. People ask me, Oh, have you seen this show? Have you watched that show? Are you, are you uh, binging this show? And I'm like, no, I put on college basketball and, you know, I typically go to bed at midnight or one in the morning when the West Coast games are done. Uh, I'm, I'm several nights during the season because I, that's, that's what I've been to watch. I, I watch, I watch college basketball games right. and, uh, you know, I love every minute of it. And then when it comes to the job, it's just, it's very rewarding to, to work with a lot of good um, and talented colleagues and to work with the men's basketball committee during selections and leading up uh, to the season. Um, it, it's just very cool to be uh, able to play a small role in it. One thing I always loved about NCAA basketball is that it's, it's, it's different from NBA because we have kids that's not winning done or automatic draft picks. They're fighting for their, for their basketball careers and they're trying to make a name for themselves for every night to give it their all whether it's stored or, or, or on the bench because there's no injuries to pull someone off the bench and give them that platform they need and they can get drafted somewhere. That's one thing a little about NCAA basketball because everyone has genuine, genuine energy on the floor. Yeah, and it's, 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 for NBA players, it's, it's a job. And, and right. you know, and, and if, you're, you know, if you're the Houston Rockets or the Detroit Pistons right now, I mean, how fun is your job when you know when you're, you're on a struggling team and, and the odds of getting to the postseason are, are not very good? Right. With college basketball, you can be in ninth place in your conference or you know, fifth place in your conference, and you could be struggling whether it's winning games or with injuries or, or whatnot. But you always look to March as that second chance, where right. you have a magical few days in your conference tournament, and then all of a sudden. Here in the NCAA tournament, and um, you know, so there's a difference with that. There's that second chance that, that you get. Whereas in college football, if you start 0-2, it, yeah. you had dreams of winning a national championship. I mean, unfortunately, those dreams are done. When college basketball, you you get that that second opportunity in March. But also in the NBA, we all know losing season leads to a lot of turnaround sometimes. And if you're a superstar, unless you're LeBron James, I mean, you can be traded even if you love the city you're in. You'd be gone over that over that summer. That's yeah. another difference, also. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, selection Sunday is March the twelfth. Um, for you guys, is that like the final run, the final touchdown before the everything gets real? Yeah, I, I think it 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 starts getting real for staff and in the committee uh, much sooner than that. It really starts in. In, in mid-February, I'd say when gotcha. I say that's – I always use the line, that's when we start uh, a, running a marathon but only at a sprinter's pace. Gotcha. Just, uh, it's a, it's, you, you can just sense that you're getting busier and busier both from the planning standpoint and then, um, you know, evaluating the teams and, and in terms from the committee's perspective and, and getting ready. I mean, that's a season-long process, but – in mid-February, we have meetings in, in person in Indianapolis to, to talk about teams, and that, that's the first time we're in person during the season uh, to have those discussions. And then the committee's uh, revealing their top 16 teams publicly. Uh, you know, and that takes place Saturday, February 18th at, um, at 1230 Eastern time on CBS. And, and so it gives 
people an idea of, okay, this is where things are, but recognizing there's still hundreds of games left to be played. That's not something the committee releases every week. It's just a one-time thing. Um, But it does give everyone an idea of, like, okay, here are the teams. uh, As of mid-February, the committee considers to be, you know, the top four seeds in each of the four regions. Right. Um, Each final four in host city is unique in itself. Um, Over the years, you have any that stick out for yourself that are favorites? I, think, I know the Williams is one of, one of your favorites. Any others stick out top of your mind? Well, I mean, I, I don't have favorites or or ones I dislike. I mean, it's yeah, I see. You're, you could you could drop it the event anywhere, and it would it would be a success. Having yeah. said that, you know, it's imperative that the host institutions and the local organizing committee you know, make this a, a memorable event for, for all the fans that come, obviously for the four participating teams and and the NABC has its annual convention there. And, you know, it's there are different advantages to to going, uh, depending on where you're going. Um, you know, if you're in Phoenix, for example, like we were in 2017, you know, one thing I personally liked about Phoenix was that when we finished for the night, it was still relatively early. It was, you know, midnight, one in the morning. It was around the East Coast. It's it's more three in the morning, um, so that had an you know, advantage. Um, you know, some some sites like you know Atlanta, New Orleans, San Antonio, certainly Indianapolis, um, have everything in a pretty small footprint. Um, right. Then you've had you know places like Minneapolis, you know, in a you know relatively new, beautiful venue uh, that was really nice, and so the, each one is. There's never been a bad experience at the Final Four. It's 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 just because of the the magnitude of the event, but it's, it really comes down to the people who always uh, put forth the best effort to make sure it's a great experience for everyone involved. Yeah, speaking of great experience, as I said, I enjoyed myself so much on covering the Final Four last year. Um, the communication the teamwork I saw in person was one of a kind. Everyone worked on the same page. Someone needed help. Someone was there. They gave them directions. I tell them what, what time this is, what time that is, um, what time Coach Cage was going to speak. Um, it, it was a great, I keep saying it was a great, it was a great experience. And kudos to you guys for the great communication that you guys put forth and work with each other with. Yeah, it's, it's like like I said earlier, it, t- it takes a lot of people putting in a lot of effort. Um, and it's, you know, the men's basketball staff does a great job with their preparations month in advance. Um, and then internally at the NCAA, there's people that work on many championships, but, you know, this one is, you know, certainly our, our marquee one, the one that gets, gets the most attention. And you have, you know, people who work in, in corporate with our corporate partners and, and people who work in marketing and branding. And then people like me work in media coordination and statistics. And um, there's just all kinds of people that, that have a role in it, but then it also goes back to those local communities, and it's not just the local organizers and the and the, the host institutions and the venue um, personnel that you know I mentioned before. It's it's the the dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of volunteers that that step in and add those little touches, you know, so that people who are visiting their city know where to go to eat and know where to go to park and know where to, the best route to take to get from point A to point B, whether it's from the hotel to the venue or whatever. And 
all those right. people are, are um, instrumental in making uh, the the event work. Yeah, we got to work behind the scenes. That's so fun. That's it. <laughs> Phenomenal job you guys are doing. Phenomenal job. Well, thank you. David, thank you so much for your time. you got a busy day ahead. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be with you. Looking forward to Houston, definitely. Thanks for joining me again. Sounds great, John. Thanks for having me. It's a rough day. You as well. Thanks. Bye-bye. Yeah. That was NCAA, NCAA Director of Media Coordination and Statistics, David Warlock. Thanks for joining me. Catch you next time.